Marketing success comes from identifying the right opportunities. And sponsoring the Up Next in Commerce podcast might just be the best opportunity you'll hear about today. With tens of thousands of listeners, expert creative, production, and strategic promotion teams at the helm, not to mention millions of impressions at the ready, this is a growth opportunity you should not ignore. Email me at stephanie at mission.org to see how your business can benefit from partnering with the Up Next in Commerce team. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce, the show that takes you to the front lines of what's happening in digital, retail, and beyond, with conversations from fast-growing startups to the Fortune 500 and everything in between. You'll get a glimpse into what's next. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, the co-founder and CEO of Mission.org, and I'll be your guide through all the trends, innovations, and hot topics in the world of commerce. Learning from both successes and failures is an important part of personal growth and business success. But not everyone is willing to be open and vulnerable about the failures, which is why I so very much appreciated this conversation with Mark Edmondson, the Chief Marketing Officer at GoGoSqueeze. Mark was honest and specific about what is going well at the company, what he believes could have gone better, and all the things they're rapidly learning at GoGoSqueeze. Plus, he breaks down how he is navigating his new role as CMO, and even give some of his thoughts on how to build a great culture. Enjoy today's episode. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning at business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Mark, thanks for joining. Welcome to the show. No, thank you for having me. So I want to hear a bit about your background. When you look at your LinkedIn, of course, you look like an OG in the world of marketing. You've worked at places (laughs) like P&G and Campbell's Soup, among many others. So I would love to hear, you know, what your journey has been like before joining where you're at now. Absolutely. My career story starts off as an undergrad at Grambling State University, a historical Black college and university located in Louisiana. I started off as a computer science and mathematics major. I thought that someday I would become a programmer and have so much money that I would be able to retire in my mid-20s. But little did I know, I was not the programming type. I really enjoyed interactions with people. I really enjoyed transforming businesses. And that's basically what led to the start of my career. I started at Procter & Gamble and their interactive marketing. Note, interactive marketing, not digital marketing. It's that long ago. And I loved it. I fell in love with marketing. I fell in love with how we were touching the lives of consumers in the digital space for home care brands at P&G. 
And I absolutely love the program that we were creating, Homemade Simple, which was not only just a newsletter program, they became a television show, which created some very unique, interesting content about home decor and how to clean your home. And I later left that group and became an ABM, assistant brand manager, where I then became the leader of organizing content across the organization, identifying where we could scale our dollars to impact our consumer. So that's where I got to create some amazing programs like Ready You, which was a college marketing program, and even a movie with Walmart. Secrets of the Mountain, which was probably some of the worst content I've ever created. I want to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the DVD is still sold on Walmart.com. Oh, DVD, so. <laughs> even more so, yes. <laughs> which um, is just remarkable. But I enjoyed that experience and it taught me so much. It taught me how to be a marketer with limited dollars because I wasn't a billion dollar brand getting a ton of money from our GMs, I was, I had to be scrappy with the dollars that I had. I later became the brand manager on our Gillette business at PNG, body care specifically. And I was able to travel the globe. I worked in Sao Paulo and Moscow, um, really having some experiences of trying to develop a brand globally, uh, extending the brand's portfolio into body care and those markets was an amazing experience. And from a marketing standpoint, I was able to touch the lives of those consumers through some remarkable concepts that not only drove our business, but changed the lives of those consumers. After 10 years with PNG, I decided to jump over to food. I'm a foodie. I grew up on a farm. I have a garden in my, at my house. So it was the natural uh, transition. So I became the brand lead for Goldfish Crackers. That was some of my greatest work um, to date. I was able to help the organization start thinking about segmentation of the brand. We began thinking about campaigns that would be impactful to the consumer, but then also allowing us to take the reliance off our trade spend and only focus on advertisement. So that was remarkable. So we reduced our trade and invested that trade into marketing to really grow the brand equity of Goldfish, which is an iconic kids brand here in the U.S. Yep, I have three kids and that seems like all they eat. So yes, that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, really getting them into a new world. My team launched organic Goldfish crackers. We launched new multi-pack propositions we went to new distribution channels, and that's where I developed the love of e-commerce. I led the e-commerce work for Goldfish Crackers, but then also, because I did such a great job, I inherited Milano Cookies and started working on that business to really help them not only just, it wasn't about selling product. It was all about advertising to consumers who were on those platforms really making sure that our equity was showing up in the best light versus those three-piece sellers who don't have the amazing content that brands typically showcase in the e-commerce world. And I absolutely loved it. Loved it so much that the CEO at the time awarded me with the CEO award and then also allowed me to manage all of e-commerce marketing for the Campbell Soup Company. So I was able to sell cheap, 
heavy product to baby food to beverages. So amazing experience. I learned so much. And again, I think the thing that impacted me the most there was educating marketers. I was able to tell marketers or help them understand the role of e-commerce because they were so concerned about their P&L and not necessarily concerned about the impact it would make by touching those consumers in that space. So it was at Campbell's for seven years, later transitioned to the Hinkle organization and there really transforming organizations, identifying cost savings. Like I didn't get to do the most attractive marketing work, but led some great initiatives around saving the company money. Now I'm the chief marketing officer here at GoGo Squeeze. And I'm excited because this company has been around for 13 years. Wow. I didn't know it was around for 13 years. I thought it was like a newer brand by the look and feel and everything of it. Okay. Absolutely. Since 2008 is when we introduced the brand. And, you know, it's been growing extremely fast. We've been moving so quickly. In the last two years, we've launched four different innovations. You know, we haven't necessarily been putting the most support behind those innovations. So our marketing dollars, we coined a phrase, someone in our organization talks about listing an item versus launching an item. And we've absolutely been doing that. And the innovations are so amazing. Our trial, our repeat, all of that is just so strong. But because we haven't made consumers aware, that's been the biggest challenge and they've all failed. Now we are putting the support behind our innovation and we're doing it in a major way because we believe that that's so critically important. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be diving exactly into all of that because I haven't heard many people be as honest like we did this and it failed. But first, everyone who's a parent knows what GoGo Squeeze is. But for anyone who's not a parent and they're listening, can you explain what is GoGo Squeeze? Absolutely. So most people, if you know parents who've purchased GoGo Squeeze, the first thing they'll probably say is, oh, the applesauce brand. I am rebranding starting today. <laughs> we are more than just an applesauce. Yes. <laughs> um, but we are a packaged goods company, the most convenient snack for kids under the age of 12. We're farm to pouch. We basically take apples and other fruits and vegetables. We blend and we put it into a pouch. Our ingredients are very clean. We not only just sell fruit smoothies and applesauce, but we also have a dairy line. We have a shelf-stable yogurt that consumers can um, purchase right next to our GoGo Squeeze pouches. And in addition to that, we have a pudding, a plant-based pudding product that is also in a pouch. Okay, I needed this rebranding because... Our house is full of the applesauces and I did not really know of the other one. So today is your day. This is the moment. Oh, yes. So, okay, you, <laughs> you came into this role. What was it like when you came in? Because I was, I was reading, you know, a couple comments from your previous CMO of like, you know, how unpredictable the market is right now and consumer buying behavior was like all over the place. And, you know, it was kind of hard to even like plan far in advance because of that. And so I'm imagining Mark comes in to the CMO role with all these like words of uncertainty around like what needs to be done. Like, what did it look like when you stepped into this role and what did you need to kind of start sorting out? Absolutely. You know, I'm coming off the hills of a global pandemic. So it's been different, much different than 
anything I've experienced in my entire career. Because one, you know, we've limited the amount of in-store promotions that we're doing because we're trying to keep up with the demand and every manufacturer right now is having supply chain constraints, challenges. And so what is the role of marketing? And I think that that's what I came into. Previously, it was all about cutting marketing because marketing would drive volume and it's volume that we might not be able to supply. But in this instance, and I believe through all the industry articles that I'm reading and what I know about advertisement, it's not just about closing the sale immediately. Advertisement is going to allow you to grow the equity of your brand. And that is much longer term benefit, stronger return on investment long term. And that's how I'm communicating that to this organization. So in order to prepare for that, What I'm trying to do, and this is, it's been great because I've never had a break from the constant go, 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 but I can actually now step back and ensure that we have the right brand fundamentals. Do we have the right purpose? Do we have the right mission and values of our brand? How are we building the marketing constructs like brand architecture, design architecture? And do we have the right agency partners working on our business? So it's been a a fascinating analysis and assessment of what we're doing today. Not that everything is bad. Actually, you know, given the fact that our business is growing much faster than the category, even looking at snacking in general, we're actually growing much faster than some of the snack brands out there. We're doing something right. So I don't want to bypass that. I want to just double down on those things and make sure that yeah, we're doing them in the right way. Amazing. So, I mean, you've been in marketing for a long time, so I want to hear from you. What things is GoGo Squeeze doing right that maybe is a little bit different than what you've seen before? Where you're like, I haven't seen it work like that, but that's pretty unique and let's double down. Like, is there anything like that that's yeah, unique to them? Absolutely. I do believe that we have an organization that allows us to be agile, meaning that if something new comes up, we can tackle that newness and get something out in the marketplace pretty much within a year. I've never seen that. Uh, And again, I worked for a couple of big corporations, but the speed to market is incredibly amazing. So that's something that we are doing quite well. I think also our management is allowing us to take calculated risk. P&G, Campbell's, they would always tell us to take risk, but they were super managed. They were always scrutinized and to the point that you just decide not to execute. But here we're able to launch things and see if it works. If it doesn't work, we move on to the next thing. And I think that that is a great approach because not always concept testing will allow us to get the best read on what's the consumer might think of a product. Typically, consumers will tell you exactly what you want to hear through the questions that you're asking. And market results are the best way of understanding whether or not a product will succeed. Amazing. Okay, so what things recently haven't worked that you were like, I thought this was a surefire bet and then it did not succeed? So the one thing that I we found, we tried, but it was not super successful I would say is our seasonal strategy. 
we would come out every year with graphics that um, showcase the season, whether it was back to school, we will update graphics, we will update graphics for Halloween. And it was hoo-hum. Kids, especially our demographic, are looking for something much more magical. They're looking for something that they can carry around as a badge. And just to change the graphics is pretty much not enough. So what we'll have to do is think about what else can we bring to life? Uh, How can we innovate, whether it's through flavor innovation during that seasonal timeframe, whether or not we change the film to actually do something cool and interesting. One of the things that we recently did for a product that's more targeted to an older kid was that we made it rainbow thematic and it's metallic and it gives the packaging some life. So what can we do to actually really surprise and delight our consumers during those seasonal time windows? We failed at just changing the artwork. Now we have to innovate to actually get consumers more interested in our product during those times. Mm, that's, that's good. I mean, that's, I've heard a couple of times people talking about like, you know, just making incremental improvements that maybe aren't really improvements at all versus making like the larger bets. So, I mean, that's a really good point that I've kind of heard as a theme throughout the episodes before. I do think there's an opportunity with your caps though on those like Apple pouches. I'm like, there has to be something we can do with these. Can they turn into collectibles? Can they turn into a puzzle? Uh, something. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because we recently, we have a great partnership with TerraCycle. They, we know that we're in single use plastic. We know that we want to continue as part of our core values to be helpful to the environment. So we partner with TerraCycle to recycle our pouches and our caps. And right now we're trying to figure out with TerraCycle, how can we build something out of that? Whether it's creating soccer balls to creating playgrounds uh, with our plastic. So we're looking to actually take that and do, you know, circular economy uh, because we think it's so important to reuse what we're putting out in the environment. There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office, and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're going to go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't talk about publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. How do those caps get back there? Because I just think about, I mean, those packets are used so quickly and then sometimes I can't even find where they went. So like, (laughs) how would this get back to them to recycle? Like, what does the logistics look like there? Help me out as a mom. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't know how you're ever getting that cap, Mark. Sorry. (laughs) Well, you know, there's things that we're looking into, whether it's partnering with schools, partnering with retailers. Okay. But then, you know, it has to start with the parents, take the caps away, (laughs) (laughs) grab the caps before they get lost. 
Um, but TerraCycle allows you to just easily pop those back into our box, mm-hmm. ship it to them, and they'll okay. take care of the rest. Got it. Got it. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, it's the little like twist off caps on these pouches. They're these like little green tops. Um, so that's what we're talking about here. We call it the helicopter Helicopter cap. cap. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I mean, I was thinking, I was like, it'd be so cool if you could like have them turn into like mini blocks where it's like you collect them at your house and then they kind of turn into like, they all hook together. You can make structures and like do something with it at the house too. And then less toys, which is what I would like in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll credit you for when we create that. Thank you. <laughs> Lots of ideas on this show, many of which probably no one needs, but I'll always put them out there. <laughs> I love it. So earlier you were mentioning, you know, that there was a lot of innovations at GoGo Squeeze and no one was investing in these. Tell me like, what did that look like? How did you know that this is something good here and we actually need to just support it versus coming in and being like, mm, this is a failure. Let's just be done with this. Like, how did you go about auditing that? Yeah, I really believe in learning from our failures um, because they'll help us get better in the future. So we basically took a step back and assessed the landscape. We said, you know, what went wrong? Um, and we start with, all right, uh, let's look at the concept scores. And our concept scores showed that it was an extremely strong concept that had strong consumer appeal, purchase intent, all the typical levers that marketers look for to see if if an initiative is going to be successful. So that checked the box. Then it was our, how do we launch the product? And that's where areas of opportunity start flowing. In our plan, we had that we're going to spend X amount of dollars, but we had to cut um, it down to Y. And, oh, that Y was like a 90% cut. And that's when, you know, you start feeling, okay, well, we didn't give it a chance. We know awareness is so critical. Trial is so critical to initiative. That's That was most of our failure um, in launching these products is that we didn't have a strong marketing plan. In our sales organization, extremely remarkable at allowing us to list these items and they had strong merchandising plans behind them, but we just didn't have the awareness drivers, not only just national, but I also believe that you have to have a strong shopper plan. So leveraging some of the retail media groups, thinking through your promotional strategy, that was something that we built, but we didn't activate against. So we gathered, we learned, and now we're taking a different approach moving forward. So what's an example of one of the products? I want to look them up and see. Yeah, absolutely. The one right now that we are evaluating is our GoGo Squeeze Almond Pudding. It is a complete hit with our consumer. And we get complaints all the time because people really can't find it. Mm, I've never seen this before and it looks delightful. Chocolate? Like, come on now. Where's this at? Chocolate pudding, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and it's healthier um, than most puddings out there in the market because we definitely have less sugar than those products. Almond is our base for this product versus dairy. And it had high appeal. But as we start peeling back the onion in regards to what went wrong or what is going wrong with this initiative, it's all about ensuring that we're targeting the right consumer. So almond-based products have an appeal to a certain demographic. So are we reaching that demographic versus going to the masses? 
So that's step one. Step two, once we have identified that target and we put plans towards them, is the messaging appealing to them? So how are we executing dynamic creative optimization of the messaging and seeing what, what message will resonate with that consumer or shopper? Uh, what's going to really drive that conversion? That's a tool that we now have in our toolbox that we'll continue to work on with other future initiatives. And then finally, once consumers say that they love it, what mechanics are we giving them to become advocates of that product? It's just crazy at how many consumers love our brand, but we haven't really given them the avenue to speak up and tell others about it. So we have to close that loop of making sure that we're creating advocates for our brand and our products that we're launching so that they can spread the word. Hmm, I love that. This is super interesting. So I'm sure there are a lot of companies out there, maybe some that you've worked at that are like, there's this product. I'm pretty sure it could work. We just need to know how to actually build a full plan around it. What stage do you think you're at right now? How far into this journey are you with something like this? Yeah, absolutely. So we are probably at the stage of really learning what channels work for our new initiatives, especially as we think about the funnel. What channels should we be supporting from an awareness standpoint versus consideration versus conversion versus advocacy and loyalty? We're on a journey with our media team to figure out what works. Uh, we now have uh, started partnering with some data scientists to start thinking about how do we test certain tactics, um, certain channels to see if we have that appeal. Most people just think, oh, digital works, but there's so many other ways of connecting with our consumer. A consumer who has a very complex journey now, like I've never seen, I mean, back in the day, it was like, you know, you plan your list, you go to store, you consume the product. But now it's just an explosion of different avenues that you can reach your consumer. And they're consuming so much content right now that you now have to stand out amongst everyone else and everything else. So we're right now on that journey of discovery, discovering what channels that we can best leverage to communicate our brand. Yeah, got it. So earlier you mentioned retail media, which is something that has more recently come up on the show quite a few times around people saying, you know, there's a huge opportunity here if you know how to lean into it and leverage it the right way. How are you all, you know, planning for this, if at all? Yeah. And it's the orchestration of retail media with national media because they can be leveraged interchangeably. I can give you one quick example with Kroger. Um, Kroger has amazing capability through KPM where you can leverage their platform of Roku and Roku being something that you can leverage nationally to drive awareness of your brand while overlaying some of the amazing data from Kroger 8451 to be able to target your specific audience. That's just remarkable. You're not going to get that close to the consumer and that type of data with any other partner. So now you have to figure out the mix. What percentage of shopper media that you want to spend versus national media? That is, I think, the challenge that every single CBG company has out there. Because back in the day, there was an equation. You spend 20% on shopper, 80% on national, and you'll be fine. 
But now that balance is getting close to 50-50. As most retail media groups have such amazing set of data that you have to figure out whether or not you lean in on that versus building the data on your own, uh, which is extremely expensive, time intensive, and you need a huge group to actually be able to do so. So right now we're on that journey of discovering how do we find that balance between those two entities. Interesting. Is there anyone else that you are exploring with that you're seeing good results from? I mean, I know a lot of people have talked about Walmart, of course, and you know, like who else are you kind of exploring with when it comes to retail media? Oh, absolutely. Amazon. Amazon, yeah. They have a great data set. They were actually helpful and, you know, thinking through basket analysis to understand this pudding shopper, this almond pudding shopper, and figuring out how to find that shopper. We are partnering with Walmart and their data. HEB has built a really solid foundation within their media group. And we're also, you know, leveraging other folks like Instacart, looking at um, them to actually provide us with even more insights on how to reach uh, our consumer and shopper. And there's other tools, not necessarily retail media groups, but other tools and capabilities out there like Profitero. I think most people use them for analyzing e-commerce data, but it's so much more than that. Um, they have so much rich insights that you can gather that can actually help you with innovation uh, ideas to how can you think through segmentation or what are some of the barriers to purchase? So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I feel as though we're stretching ourselves to a lot of different platforms, but we're learning along the way and we're trying to figure it all out as a team. Super cool. Well, it'll be so interesting to follow back up and, you know, a year and be like, all right, Mark, Tell me what happened now with all the tests that you're running. So the last thing I wanted to kind of hear from you about is when it comes to building culture within your team, within the company, I mean, how do you think about coming into a new role and, you know, getting everyone moving in the same direction and building up a good culture? Absolutely. I come from really big companies. So coming into GoGo Squeeze, which is a very, almost like a family here in New York, my biggest goal was not to bring big company culture to this brand. They're doing such a remarkable job. The culture is so, I mean, you can feel it. Um, people care about each other. They value people's opinion. They respect each other. And they all want the brand and themselves to be successful. So the first thing I decided to do was to ensure that I sat down with everyone, whether it's not only just my team, but also cross-functionals, to allow them to know me. I do feel that I'm a different type of CMO. I want to take the approach of, you can come to me. Uh, if you have an idea, if you have an opinion, if you just want to vent, I want to be there for everyone. And having that open door policy I do believe allowed me to step into this culture in a different way than I've done in other organizations. You know, I not only just, you know, meeting with individuals, but also scheduling time to actually have events. 
this group has, um, we have a term called squeeze squad where, and uh, we have these events at local levels. And then in our offices, we have spirit squad, which has events for our employees and bringing the spirit of the brand to life in a very compelling way. So, you know, through all of those things, we've been able to generate and build an amazing culture over the last few years um, of this brand's existence. Wow, that's cool. Okay, so what next? What are you most excited about next then within the company, within your team? Like, Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the journey that we're on. We want to be a billion-dollar brand someday. And I want to be able to be that CMO that gets them there. And they're already on an amazing track. <laughs> they have a strong track record of success. But how can I now take that to the next level? Um, through all of my experiences and my skill sets, how can I continue to elevate not only the brand, but also the individuals that are working here at Matern to be successful individuals in the future? Uh, I want to hopefully, you know, identify my replacement. Um, I really do believe in helping people grow their careers. And that's something that I'm really looking forward in doing in this role. Amazing. Love it. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing the successes, the failures, everything about you. I mean, really grateful. Until next time, where can our listeners find you and go, go squeeze and, you know, what you're up to? Absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Mark Edmondson, um, and also follow us on Instagram. That's where we spend the bulk of our time communicating all of the great innovations, advertisement, everything is on our Instagram page, which is GoGo Suites. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Great. Thank you. listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.